Okay, welcome to the Average Joe Theology Show, a show where a couple guys gather in their church basement, talk about church topics, oh, um, biblical topics, um, church and church topics, topics anything, the Christian life. Okay, the Christian life. we're talking about <laughs> the Bible and so on and so forth. This is our third installment of a series on the doctrines mm-hmm. of grace, um, a.k.a. Calvinism. Okay, so um, last week we goes. talked there about... There he goes cussing again. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, I prefer the doctrines of grace, but everybody knows it yeah, as Calvinism. Calvinism, yeah. Um, which John Calvin <laughs> would roll over in his grave if he probably he knew would. That those doctrines it, took it was his, his name. namesake. Yeah, yeah, because John Calvin would say, "I didn't say this stuff; God did." Right. Okay, and that's what we're talking about today. So, um, last week we talked about unconditional election. I hope that was beneficial to you. I hope you learned something. Um, I hope we articulated it clearly. I know there's. So many more things we could have talked about last week. It's a it's a very deep yeah pool, but it was a long episode into. anyways. Yeah. So, um, today we are talking about limited atonement. So, um, before you turn us off, this is the most controversial, the most mm-hmm. argue, argued point yeah. of the five points of Calvinism. Probably even more than unconditional for election. sure. Because Easel, there's easily, I mean there there's a whole sect of people that call themselves. Four point Calvinists, and the one point mm-hmm. they disagree this with is the one is limited atonement. So, in in a in a lot of ways, it goes with unconditional election. They're tied in together in how they work and operate. But today, we seek to discuss um, the concept of limited atonement biblically, um, and assess the the major um, rejections of this doctrine. The major mm-hmm. passages that people use to argue against it. Yes. Um, and just have a conversation about it. So, once again, if you disagree, please don't just turn us off. Um, we hope this is educational. Even if you disagree, you learn something about the doctrine and what it means. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think, especially with limited atonement and unconditional election, there's a lot of disagreement, yes. Um, mm-hmm. But more than anything, I think there's a lot of misunderstanding. Yeah. So... Today we'll, we will seek to understand it, um, have a conversation about it. Once again, we want you to be involved, so hit us up on com. send in a contact form, or just um, type it in the comments below, mm-hmm. and uh, just have a conversation about it. If you disagree, if you if you think um, there's some cool things that you learned or um, want to discuss. Because yeah. ultimately what we're striving for here is uh, biblical truth. Exactly. We want to pull as much truth as we can from it and, you know, understand what the Scripture's saying and be able to articulate that with one another and right. other people out in the world. So, I mean, that's that's the ultimate goal. It's not to say, well, you know, my opinion is better than yours or, yeah. or get into some kind of argument over something because right. ultimately we're just, we're just trying to figure out what's And ultimately, Levi and Hunter's truth. opinions don't matter. Right. God's opinion no, matters. No, our opinion doesn't matter Whatever Scripture all. says matters. So... We have found this doctrine to be true, biblically. Mm-hmm. Um, we believe from, that, that this the is study. the case, mm-hmm. um, but we could be wrong. I, I don't think we are, but, but we could be. <laughs> we could be. But we don't so, think that we're right because of 
how no. how how intelligent we are correct. or something that we bring to the table, we think that it's correct because of because of what the way that we've study studied scripture, scripture yeah. and what what scripture would have exactly. to tell us. And and just to just to be clear, I mean, we're not that educated. <laughs> we no, I mean, I no. mean, we we we're not that smart theologically no. every the more i study theology the more i feel like an absolute mm-hmm. idiot me too <laughs> but um you know we we would like to think that we have we have studied scripture mm-hmm. and we have come to how the conclusion of what we feel like mm-hmm. scripture says so and something that like i i try to focus on i'm sure you do the same is like if i'm if i'm going to start talking about something I need to know it. Yeah, for I don't sure. want to just be like, well, yeah, you know, limited atonement is true, and then someone's well, okay, well, show me the evidence for that, and I'm like, right. uh, well, uh, give give me a minute. I want to be able to say, well, here's some passages. Here's yeah. here's somewhere where we can, you know, start to read and jump from there and and start that conversation. I don't want to be just. I don't want to be ignorant. You know, right. So the focus should be knowing what. The word says. Which is, you know, that goes back to the concept of rhetoric that really got established in, like, ancient Greece and Roman mm-hmm. Roman culture and things like that, right? Where where before you really had a conversation or talked about things, you, you, you studied those things. Right. You educated That's yourself. largely been lost in American society. Yes. Yes, it has. To talk about American politics or to weigh in on Thanks, absolutely Twitter. anything, you do not have to be educated at all. Nope. No. Which is and my microphone just fell. Which is honestly a beautiful thing because we have freedom of information and people can. But it's not speak a beautiful thing mind. when you look like an absolute idiot. But then there is the ignorance in the world and people who don't want to educate themselves, which I don't understand because I would yeah. want to be educated on on biblical and, topics and on as well some, as anything in the world. On some things that doesn't that doesn't really matter. I mean, if you want to tell me which cereal is better. I well, don't sure. really care what I mean. But that's, that's all experience, right? So, but, yeah. but when it comes to like biblical truth, right? The things please, that really matter. Please, if you really want to have a good conversation about it, let's study. Let's be educated, right? Because ultimately, that should be our goal, at least as Christians. And that's the whole point of this show, right? We want to we want to have informed conversations mm-hmm. to help each other become more informed. Exactly. That's the point of it, right? So equip um, the saints. Yeah, equip ourselves. <laughs> So before we dive in, what you been up to, Hunter? Work. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, we might just need to throw do? this segment out what because literally every time it's like, "What did you do? Oh, work. What did you do? Oh, work. School. That's pretty much it, man. Sleep. I can't remember if I did anything youth fun group. this past weekend. Youth. Yeah, youth has been good. I'm. I'll be honest with you, brother. I'm ready. To, I'm ready to oh, get I'm, back to I'm church. Past ready. I'm ready to get back. It's to been oh, cool I know to go you. see him, but yeah, yeah, and like we've said before, like I'm glad that. You know, we're, we're doing still something. doing it, and then yeah. it just didn't just go on. It's an interesting opportunity in coronavirus yeah. time to and to support, but but let's be honest, we haven't we haven't got to support them as we do not in the same when way when we're no. when we're here because right. the majority of them don't come. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we still see some. Yeah. so that's which know. is it's is is great, and I think the, I'm not I, trying to say I would trade. The the sum we get to see for sure, nothing. Sure, right? Of course not. But I would trade the sum we get to see for the the for a bunch of a them that we get more, to see right. together mm-hmm. and fellowship and dive into God's word and right, so on and so um, forth. And I think I think a really important thing is like with us doing that. The kids that do come, I think it 
I mean, not that they didn't, not that they don't know how much we love and care for them, but like the fact that we are still there, we're still visible. They're still seeing us. We're still interacting with one another. We're taking the time out to to go and do that. Granted, it's still in the same time frame that we would be doing it here at church, but that we're still going to their house and saying. What's up, guys? How you yeah. doing? Here's Which some, is good because here's ultimately, some Bible study. Here's some, you know. So. Yeah, because ultimately, youth group isn't about church; it's about right. those kids. Right. So to just show and them, their hey, relationship, we're here. We Christ. still care with you. Right. We still care about you. Right. And want to give you. And if we have, I would argue that if we have the, you know, ability to do something like that, we we should for sure. I mean, if it was if it wasn't feasible, if we didn't have you know volunteers or you know whatever the case may be, like. Obviously, you'd have to talk about that, but yeah. if you have the ability to do it, you you should do it. Yeah, because it's it's not about you. Exactly. So, gotta love the childrens. Gotta <laughs> love the cheerings. <laughs> so, did, have you been doing anything? I genuinely cannot same remember old, same what old, I did this weekend. I worked oh. some. I I um, did some school, and then I spent the rest of my free time reading old dead guys. Old theologians. Yeah. Um, and, oh, and I got ordained yesterday as a deacon that was or wild. servant that was cool. of Cedar Grove Baptist I've, Church. I've never seen anything like that before, so I was like, I didn't, I didn't know what to expect. Honestly, when I saw it, when we went into the sanctuary and I saw the, the ceramic stuff and the yeah. towels, I was like, is he about to wash all their feet? Like, I thought it was going to be some yeah. some some big old thing. I was like, I don't know what's about to happen. Yeah. It, was it was just awesome. symbolic of the servant right. role. Right, but yeah. But it was Pastor a blessing. elaborated on that. The, the, the whole service yesterday was wonderful. It was awesome. Songs. The sermon was wonderful. It was a good sermon. It was. Fire. Pastor yep. Gary with the fire. <laughs> Always with the fire. Okay. Um, well, you want to dive in? Let's do it. So, let's start with this preface. Okay. So, we both agree. Well, I think we do. At least. We, we didn't really discuss this. But <laughs> I think we agree that... The term limited atonement is a bit misleading. Yes. Okay. We do agree. So when we say the word limit is Okay, yeah. let's let's define these two words first of all. Okay. The atonement. We're talking about Jesus sacrifice and shed blood on the cross mm-hmm. and its ability to wash away the sins right. of people. A means of salvation. Yes. Okay. Reconciliation to God. Yes. Okay. So now Boom. limited Foundation laid. Okay. So we're talking about Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. And to Mm -hmm. say that is limited, okay, red flag, right? Yeah. For any Christian, red flag. I mean, really, yeah. Okay, so we want to go ahead and and put out there, we are not saying that that the power of Jesus' blood on the cross is not sufficient to save everybody. Mm -hmm. Okay, that power is is strong, right? It says, Mm -hmm. no matter what, if you believe, you will be saved. Mm-hmm. If you confess with your mouth that Absolutely. Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Okay? It's sufficient to, to take the sins to, to atone for anybody. Mm-hmm. Okay? But the reality is it, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Okay? Not every single person is saved. Mm-hmm. I think all Christians would agree on that besides maybe besides universalists. Mm-hmm. Okay? So, so to say that... The atonement is not limited in any sense whatsoever in who it atones for would would lead to universalism, Mm -hmm. that every single person across the board is saved. Yeah. 
Okay. And I've heard, is, I've heard, I've, it, whenever I've had conversations about stuff like this, usually yeah. about, really about almost all the doctrines of grace, uh, it's been a situation where they either, they either believe in universalism and they don't know that that's what they believe, like right. they just, that's just kind of how they speak, but they don't necessarily call it that, because right. they may not necessarily know that that's what it's called, mm-hmm. um, or there's this belief that I've run into like once or twice that like there's this second chance like towards the end the end times that like Jesus will come and then I think it I th- I want to say what the guy that I had talked to I think he said that there was after like after the rapture all the believers are gone yeah and then well, when he comes back it. when he comes back he's gonna be like. All right, all right, you guys. Yeah, you've been here for seven years or however long. You know, here I am. I'm real. I'm gonna give you one more chance to to come with me. Yeah, and then and then at that point, I guess the logical conclusion would be that they're all gonna be like, well, of course we're gonna come with you. Well, that's we, dispensational you premillennialism. But right. that's a whole another deep <laughs> well that we could dive into. Right. So those are the two things that I've run into. Okay. Yeah. Is well, universalism into, without knowing that it's universalism, yes. and then. I've run into that as well. People who people who would argue against the idea of the atonement being limited, but then they also, we, well, you're like, okay, so you believe every single person across mm-hmm. the board is saved whether they come to faith or not, and they're like, no. I'm like, that's what you're saying. Right. If it's not limited at all, that is what you're saying. Right. Is that every single person, no matter if they come to faith or not, mm-hmm. even if they're like a, a Buddhist, that they're going to be saved. That's right. universalism, right? Mm-hmm. There's one, There's all roads lead to the same Right, and then also once the I think which the is not biblical because the scriptural it says the understanding is wide road leads to destruction. Right, and the scriptural understanding, and granted, I don't necessarily have the scripture to back it up as I'm saying this, but is that like you come to faith during life, and then once you're yeah. dead, you either were a al- you're going to either be alive in Christ or you're yeah, there's not you're a dead. chance. There's that's it. Is it pointed once when he, for a man to when die? When he and returns after judgment. for final judgment, those people are going one way or another. Period. Mm-hmm. There's no at the resurrection and final judgment. Right. Like that's it. Yeah. Which we don't want to dive too much on end time stuff today. Right. Yeah. That's not what we're trying to do. But yeah, I, I get what you're but, saying. But the idea that that all roads lead to heaven that that universalism mm-hmm. is obviously antithetical to a biblical narrative of biblical gospel a biblical worldview period Mm -hmm. right that's not true right there you you must come to faith in jesus christ to be saved okay so here's the question if we believe that it's limited that that even even though christ's blood has the power to save all it doesn't it only saves Mm -hmm. some okay so now the question is how is it limited is it limited by man's will does God basically just say, okay, here's Jesus. You choose whether you want to, to mm-hmm. be saved or not. So our will would be... So our will would be what's the, the sovereign choice. The power. The power there, there to right. say that I'm saved or not. Mm-hmm. Or is it limited by God's will and his design in the beginning? That's well, the major question. Well, I would say that if we wheel it back just two episodes and we get back into total depravity, total depravity says that which is again, scripture yes. says that it would be impossible for us to to have power to choose God unless God acts first. 
and right, but but even the person his grace on our but life. even the person who would argue for an atonement that is limited based on your decision would still say God acted first by sending His Son and mm. and graciously giving you the opportunity. Right. So so mm-hmm. one of the main verses that, that people bring up when they want to argue against the idea of the atonement being limited is um. Second Peter. No, actually, uh, John three sixteen. So multiple oh. times people are just like, "Hey, <laughs> you know, I'm like, well, God only only sent His Son to die on the cross for those whom He predestined to to come to Him, mm-hmm. right? The the elect, which is what right. we talked about last week. They're like, oh yeah, well, John three sixteen says, "For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that who whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life." I'm like, yeah, I agree with that, right? Mm-hmm. But their issue is, for God so loved the world, everybody, Mm -hmm. okay, that he gave his only son. But it doesn't say that the world is saved. Right. It says God so loved the world, yes, but it doesn't say that the whole world is saved. It said that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Whoever believes in him puts faith in Jesus Christ is saved, not the whole world. Right. Even though it says God loved the world. Right. But, yeah, it doesn't say, for God so loved the world, he gave his only son that everyone should not perish but have eternal life. Exactly. That all it doesn't people say that. It said that whoever whosoever believes. believes. I mean, or whoever believes. I, I always get, uh, when I quote John 3.16, I always want to quote it in King James Version because that's what I was like memorized oh, right. as a kid. You yeah. know, you memorize that. Yeah. Whosoever believeth. <laughs> right. Um, as far as this is concerned, like I remember... I had a conversation with someone who they didn't they didn't want to accept like the doctrines of grace as biblical because yes. a lot of people hear that and it it, it makes them uncomfortable because it's like what well, challenges human pride, right? And then the also the I think it it also challenges obviously a wrong view of God that that he's that is all love and everything's just grand and that he's just gonna save the whole world. Well, I okay that's yes. But it does for, challenge that view. But also, it's like, you know, the people that say God is love, just God is love. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times they're saying the same thing you're trying to say, that mm-hmm. God ultimately just loves you unconditionally, that he's going to save you no matter what. Mm-hmm. Okay? If you're but, elect. <laughs> but, I mean, Paul writes in Scripture, God is love. Right. But the issue is, do you have a biblical understanding of love? Mm-hmm. Because right. God's love is based in truth. Right. God's love cannot be detached from all his other attributes. Mm-hmm. His wrath, his glory, his his him being just, mm-hmm. him being righteous, right. him being holy, right? You can't detach God's love from the rest of his attributes, which I right. think is is what people are doing. And the conversation that I was having um to to maintain logical consistency and and I'll say this, we, like we can't we obviously don't know a person's heart. Correct. Like we don't know. We can't. I can't put my glasses on and be like, "Well, they're saved. They're not. They're saved." Like we we can't necessarily see that. However, we can, you know, make an educated guess based on fruit that is is being bore in their life or not, or you know, so on and so forth. Uh, like if they claim to have faith in Christ, but they have there's no change at all. We can't necessarily assume that they're not saved, but you know. Perhaps it wasn't as authentic as once believed, so on and so forth. But to maintain logical consistency, she was saying that like, like the Hitler was, like he would be saved. And I was like, I appreciate 
your consistency. Trying to stay consistent, but <laughs> I'm I'm gonna argue hard the other way for that one. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that he's part of the. I, I don't I don't think he. Well, that's because to argue to which that's a whole other conversation. But to argue against God, you have to argue against any sort of objective morality. Mm-hmm. So all morals right. are just out the door. Right. So what makes Hitler bad? Right. If you don't have any morality. <laughs> if you don't have morals, he did nothing wrong. So if you don't have that's the, issue, the objective to, moral standard. As you say, to, re, to remain logically consistent. Right, but see, the issue there, though, is the this person was who claimed to be a Christian. And I, I would say that she is. I mean... Uh, and they said that Hitler was safe? That he would be. So they're arguing universalism. That he, he was predestined to Christ. Cause she, wow. cause I was, I was pointing out, I was saying predestination and election, and she started using that terminology, almost like she was trying to take it yeah, from but, me but and be like, well, context. right, but in a universalist sense, mm. predestination in a universalist sense, as well, in see, we're all predestined which, to which is what we talked salvation about last week was that in Christ was that, um, that's a fundamental misunderstanding of predestination that that you are predestined whether you come to faith or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that can't be true. Yeah, to to remain consistent with mm-hmm. all of Scripture, yeah. you have to say no. To if you're predestined, you must come to faith in Jesus Christ, repent of your sin, right, and and therefore right be under the blood, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. So the issue is is this, <clears throat> and this is my main my main question. So people who have issue with the idea of the atonement being limited mm-hmm. um, by God's design. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so that's to say that Jesus' blood shed on the cross paid for the sins of the elect, paid for the sins of those whom God predestined mm-hmm. to come to him and be conformed to the image of his son. Mm-hmm. Okay, not everybody. Mm-hmm. He didn't pay for the sins of everyone. Right. So a lot of people would say, well, no, God's or G- Jesus' blood shed on the cross paid for the sins of every single person. Mm-hmm. Well, my question would be then, if if that person whose sins were paid on the cross does not ever come to faith by their own free will, you claim, mm-hmm. what are they punished for in hell? If their sins were paid for on the cross, right? But they never come to faith. Yeah. Hmm. Well, and their and their main answer would be, well, they were just punished for their rejection of Christ, mm. the unpardonable sin. Yes. But obviously, I, I I believe scripture to say that you are punished for your sin, right? Because all of it. Because uh, yeah, not just because you rejected Christ. Because correct you, for justice, the for, only for way God's, you're washed in the blood is through faith in Christ. For God being just in His punishment and His wrath, there there's something to be paid for, right? Mm-hmm. There's a crime that was committed, right? Right. So that's when you get that's when you get to to Christ being the penal substitution mm-hmm. right that right. in a he pays system the of penalty. law he mm-hmm. pays the penalty right. that these people broke the law for right mm-hmm. um so if he paid for the penalty mm-hmm. of everyone's laws that they broke then what are they justly being punished for you know what i mean right but ultimately i think that if you look at scripture and Obviously, all of these doctrines kind of go together, right? So we talked about... Yeah. We believe that by God's design, He limited the atonement from His creation. 
right? From from his whole plan of redemption, from the mm-hmm. beginning of history, he limited the atonement to the elect. Mm-hmm. And we believe that because of, of scriptural evidence for the doctrine of of um of um total depravity, as you said, mm-hmm. that we are just completely unable to come to Christ yes. unless God regenerates our hearts, changes us, gives us a new heart, and gives a desire us. for Himself. Right. Okay. Um. Without that, we are just unable mm-hmm. to do it. We're, we can't. Right. Dead We're dead. Sin. We're slaves. Again, in slaves of sin. Right. You're dead in the trespass of sin. Dead people right. can't do anything for themselves. Nope. And so that leads to the fact that that God has chosen those that would come, and He would work in um, effectively to bring them to salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ, which thus leads to that Jesus bloodshed on the cross being mm-hmm. being um, basically specifically for those that He He called and He would effectively bring to Himself. Right. Right. It's just mm-hmm. it's just it, it flows together. Mm-hmm. Because if we were to say God has elected from the before the foundation of the world, mm-hmm. whom would come to Him in faith, okay, but then God, but then He sent His Son to die on the cross for every single person. Mm-hmm. Does that make any sense? Mm-mm. No, it just doesn't. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't believe it does. I don't think it does either. And once again, I mean, there's some passages we've talked about before that we could go on on about, but I think just two two that really point out the effectiveness of Christ's salvation for the elect is to say, like in in verse thirty or, or in John chapter six. Once again, mm-hmm. um, he says um, he's talking to the Jews. Jesus is, and he says in verse forty four, "No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him." And I'll raise them up on the last day, right? So, so mm-hmm. that there's the disconnect, right? So people would say, okay, well, well, God draws everyone, okay, and then they choose whether they put faith in Christ or not. Mm-hmm. That jo- that God has given that opportunity to everyone through Christ's atonement on the cross. Mm-hmm. That would be their argument, right? Right. And then they put their they they put their faith in Him and are saved, and and their sins are forgiven, or they don't, and they're mm-hmm. justly punished for for that decision. But the issue here is that it says, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. Mm-hmm. Okay? If you believe ev- that God draws everyone, and then they make that decision, then it says, and I will raise him up on the last day. So once again, you're led to universalism. Mm-hmm. If you say that God draws everyone, Jesus says, and I will raise him up on the last day. Once again, if you go up a little bit, right, he says, he says, all that the Father, in verse 37, Jesus says, all that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. Mm-hmm. So once again, if you believe that God gives all people to Christ, that opportunity to all people, then they'll all come to him, and then right. he'll keep them forever. And if They'll you, all be raised up on the last if day. If universalism is true, then... W- Who's who's paying the penalty? Like why why would God have to punish anybody? Because if if universal if universalism is true, there's no point in in any kind of punishment. We're all going to be in heaven. Correct. And Scripture very clearly talks about punishment. Well, if God if, sin is bad, yeah. and if universalism is true, then sin really is not that big of a deal. Correct. It's just something we have to deal with, but ultimately it'll just 
one day it'll just dissolve and not be a problem anymore. Yeah. When Jesus comes back. Yeah. I mean. So if universalism is true, then why is sin such a problem? Because it's not true. <laughs> Correct. I mean, that, that's when you get into people who say that that God just loves you, you know, how you are, and 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 He'll just He'll take care of you. He'll mm-hmm. save you. Well, my question would be, why did Christ have to die? Right. If God just loves you how you are, and ultimately you're right. g- everyone's going to be saved, whether they all's, come to faith or not. It all's hunky dory. God did not have to take on flesh and suffer an a com- the the largest injustice ever done in human history. Yep. If God just loves you how you are, and He's going to save everybody, that was not needed. Nope. Christ's atonement was not needed. Unnecessary. So the question, so so really, the the conclusion is either the atonement is limited or it's completely unnecessary. Yeah, <laughs> that's where you're going to have to logically come to and battle with. So it, I would once say again, that it's the, limited the, the, the hard because it question, was very necessary. Yeah. The, so once again, the hard question is: Is it limited by man's will or God's will in the beginning? And I and and we would both say, well, based on Scripture, it it was limited by God's will in the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's His design. Okay. So now we got to take a really quick break, and we'll be back to talk about another passage that is u- usually usually used um, to reject the idea of limited atonement, and we'll get into that in just a second. Okay, and we're back. So uh, we've kind of got a little off track. We've talked about a lot of random stuff today, but I think we've I think we've it's focused a, on limited atonement. Yeah, so once again, once again, we we think the scripture teaches that from the foundation of the world, God has limited the atonement so that the the, the blood shed on the cross um, of Jesus Christ is effective in saving and and covering the sins of the elect. Mm-hmm. Those whom God chose before the foundation of the world would come to Him in faith. Yes. Okay. That it is limited. See. Not in its sufficiency. It would be sufficient for all, but it's not efficient for all. And I mm-hmm. think all Christians agree on that. Whether it's um, only a fit, whether it's efficient for some based on their own decision, or whether it's efficient mm-hmm. for some based on God's design. Right. And we would say it's based on God's design. And that's something that we talked about a little bit before we started recording, where the 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 phrase that I've heard so many times many times is that Christ's death is sufficient would be sufficient for all of humanity because sometimes when we talk about limited atonement it can be misconstrued as we're saying that like we're we're almost downplaying the power the power that is in the death of Christ. Right. And that's definitely not what we want to do. Hmm. We want to say that it is sufficient for, it would be sufficient for all of mankind because Christ is all powerful. Yeah. But scripture teaches that it is only efficient, effective for the elect, those who are, who would come yes. to faith in Christ. Correct. So, so, I mean, I think, I think it's dangerous too to say that. <clears throat> So, you know, people would say that because we believe in limited atonement, mm-hmm. that Christ's bloodshed on the cross was effective and, and 100% um, able, 
or one hundred percent did cover the sins of the elect on mm-hmm. the cross, and that's it. It didn't cover the sins of everybody. Mm-hmm. People say that we're downplaying the power of the cross, but I don't mm-hmm. think we are. We're saying we're saying, hey, those whom Jesus got nailed to that cross to save, he did one hundred percent save. Yeah, hundred percent. To me, to say that. Jesus nailed himself, you know, for God anybody. came down and, and took on flesh and got nailed to the cross just for the anybody. hopes and wishes that hopefully somebody would put their faith in right. that is, is, is to downplay the power of the cross, to downplay yeah. the power of God in, his, in his, his plan. Right, and it gives us more power. Exactly. It downplays the power of God and, and gives mm-hmm. power to man, right. which we have ultimately found in Scripture that man is nothing. Mm-hmm. Without God's grace, man has the power to do absolutely nothing. Right. So, I mean, I think I think that's it. But yeah. but let's let's get into this. Um, in Second Peter three, this is another passage that is commonly used to refute or um, reject the doctrine of limited atonement. So, mm-hmm. um, in Second Peter three, um, you want to read it? Sure. It's eight and, uh, eight and nine is the yeah the passage we're looking at here. It says. But do not, <clears throat> excuse me. But do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill His promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. Well, I say to everybody. So they would say, huh. "Well, you're saying then <laughs> you're that wrong. God chooses." Those who are covered by the cross, but here in Second Peter, Peter says that God doesn't wish that anybody would perish, and that all would reach repentance. So my question would be: Is if God is powerful, then why doesn't everybody reach repentance? Hmm. That's a great question. So ultimately, <laughs> either God is not sovereign. Which or those whom he has chosen heresy. to reach repentance, reach repentance. Right? So, right. I mean, going back to... I think... Going back to Romans 8, right? That wonderful, majestic passage says, And those whom he predestined, he also called, and those whom he called, he also justified. Mm-hmm. He didn't just call everybody right, and just give them the option because those who he called, he justified. And those who he justified, he glorified, right? Once you once mm-hmm. you have that salvation, it's not going to wait, which is another doctrine we're right. going to talk about at the end, um, perseverance of the saints. But it's it, it, it works. It's effectual, right? Those who he predestined, mm-hmm. he called. Those who he called, he justified. Right. Uh, how, how are you justified? Faith. By, by faith in Christ. Christ. I'd like to qualify what we're saying here. Um, the uh, come on, phone's being weird. Uh, da, 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 da. With eight, so in verse nine, where it's saying talking about all. Okay, what our response to the all would be that he's speaking to believers. Yes. And if you flip over in chapter one, verses. Or verse 1 says, Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained a faith of equal standing with ours by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. Correct. This letter where he's saying these things is written to believers. Yes. This could be picked up and read by a non-believer, sure, but his audience is believers. 
Yes, he's which not. is why he doesn't qualify who who it's who he's talking about here. But right. ultimately, if you look at the context as you just did mm-hmm. in the introduction to the letter, he's saying that God does not wish that any believers, any who come to faith, right. any of the elect should perish, and then they but are, that all of the elect will should come to repentance, will reach right. repentance. And ultimately, if you look at Romans eight, if you look at Ephesians two, if you look at John chapter 6, they will. Mm-hmm. All those who the Father gives to Christ, he will raise up on the last day. All those who, who he predestined, he called, and all those who he called, he, he glorified. Right? We were right. dead in our trespasses sin, and God raised us up with Christ. Philippians 1, 6, and I am sure of this, that he who began, he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Exactly. Repentance will be brought to the end. Those who God are has elect. predestined and, and called and justified and the he ones he has graciously saved. Yep. Through no no work of our own. No nothing that we have done. God was like, Well, yeah, I'll just because of this I'll do that. Nope. I mean, even going back to these the are solas, the people I'm gonna pour I'm gonna be gracious and pour my grace out. Even on. going back to the five souls that we talked about. Salvation comes by grace alone. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. So if if God just calls God's you grace. and then it's your decision, you make that decision. Right. God didn't just like pour grace out into the world and like allow you to just reach out and grab it whenever you wanted to. He's right. like, hey, he just, I'm just going to leave this here. And if, you know, if you want some, you can come get some. If not, that's cool. Yeah. No. I, I once heard RC talk about um, one of the, you know, one of the most common, um, what's it, like illustrations people use when presenting the gospel in the modern terms mm-hmm. would say, um, you know, you, you're you're sinking in your sin, you're drowning, you have your hand up, right? But And, and God throws you the life preserver. All you have to do is, is grab onto it, mm-hmm. right? You have to just make that, in faith, grab onto that life preserver. Right. And God will save you. Well, no, the reality is you're you're you already drowned. You're at the bottom of the ocean. Right. Dead. We're already dead. Corpse. Right. Okay? And and God dives into the ocean, swims down, brings you back up to the to the shore, and resuscitates you. Right. And gives you life. Breathes life into us. Yes. So so are you saying he does it for everybody? Scriptural. Because then nobody's dead in sin. And then either there's no reason for Christ to die, or there is no reason for Christ to die, and then Everybody goes to heaven. Right. These are the logical conclusions that you'll have to come to yes. in wrestling with the doctrine of limited atonement. And it's not, I mean, it's not an easy transition from well, no. what is typically taught. I know it was kind of easy for you because you came to faith later in I life. I didn't have was, a, was, I didn't, you didn't have, have to unlearn anything. Yeah, you didn't have any kind of, of wrong theological framework I didn't really have to any. you. You basically had this. Yeah, you were saved. I was getting it, pure, you got into this straight right? from the and then it just source. that's that's the conclusion you came to. Right. That's what you believe scripture to say. But right. I grew up in in churches that did not teach the doctrines of grace, and therefore, when I first heard them, which was um, after there was an issue in my church for about really over the doctrines of grace. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, I, 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 it was a challenge to my. Right. Belief of God, my understanding of how He works. Mm-hmm. It was a challenge to how my salvation, to my works. pride. I mean, ultimately, I think that's the main issue with the doctrines of grace. Is it's a it's a challenge to human pride. Mm-hmm. It's to say, hey, we don't have the capability. We do nothing. God does everything. 
Right. It, it's so humbling to to humans because yeah. we do absolutely nothing. We don't deserve the grace that we receive. Right. And ultimately, we receive everything through grace, by mm-hmm. grace, through faith in Christ. It's so humbling. That's it's it. a challenge to human pride. So, do you got anything else to add on limited atonement? No. I think that's about wraps it up. Or definite atonement, rather, right? To say... Yeah, it works. That verbiage is a it definitely less, effectually works for those whom God calls. Mm-hmm. Those who He calls, He justifies. Those who He justifies, He glorifies. Amen. So, limited atonement or universalism? That's pretty much you pick. Actually, you don't pick. Scripture tells yeah. you. Yeah, <laughs> tells you. Ultimately, God is. tells us that universalism is wrong in so many different ways. It's right here. Okay, well, um, we hope this is beneficial to you. Mm-hmm. You learned something. Once again, if you want to chat with us, follow us on Twitter at Average Theo, or I think it's like at Hunter Harrison or something like that. Something. I don't, at the, <laughs> I don't know. At the Levi Horrible. Sanders. Um, I follow the Average Joe page, so yeah. I'm in there. Hunter yeah. Harrison. And there's only me. like 30 followers on the Average Joe page, so right. surely you it's can find him. Pretty easy to find me. <laughs> or go to AverageJoeTheology.com. Send us a, a contact mm-hmm. form if there's any way we can pray for you. If you've got any topics you want us to discuss or if you just want to chat about limited atonement, unconditional election, or any of the other um, doctrines we're going to talk about. So we'll be back next week um, with what's the next Irresistible one? Uh, Irresistible Grace. Grace. Which ties right in once again. Whoa. So um, we love you guys. Have a good week. We'll be back with you next week. See you. Bye.